What's going on, guys? Welcome to the show. Welcome back to another episode of Action Movie Anatomy on the Popcorn Talk Network. We're talking about a classic adventure film, the only true classic film that Brendan Fraser ever actually made, The Mummy, 1999. Let's break it down for y'all. We'll see you guys in just one second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Action Movie Anatomy. Oh, should I Boom! Ow! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should, like, do, like, a DJ thing. You can do that, right? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing? Welcome we to the show. Welcome to Action Movie Anatomy. Here on the still Popcorn. Dre? Yeah, what is happening? I don't know. We had... A lot. A lot I think we had slogans. two intros playing simultaneously... <laughs> Right? Which is like uh, a parallel to Brandon Fraser's two guns. Emotep. <laughs> yeah. Emotep is here. He's here. <laughs> He's cursed us. Uh, all right. What's yeah. up? What's up, guys? Welcome to the show. Welcome to Action Movie Anatomy. We're talking The Mummy today on the show, breaking down the 1999 classic. And this is a classic by most people's standards. This yes. is a movie. Yeah, right. Is it like your favorite film of all time, close to it? It's my favorite action-adventure film of all time, yes. We're excited to have you here. That's Stacey oh. Howard on the end of the yes. table. Yes. Thank you for having me. I know what you're wondering. What is a place like me doing in a girl like this? Oh, <laughs> and it's because it I love this film. I'm so excited you let me invite myself on to today's episode. <laughs> We're so glad that you invited yourself. I mean, because we had you and Brienne on for the cliffhanger. Yeah. yeah. And this is your favorite. And then Brienne is dying for us to do Enemy of the State. Yeah. Yes. Tony Scott. T. Scott. Love so T. Scott. That'll mm-hmm. obviously happen yeah. eventually. Yep. Absolutely. But we got to the mummy first because of the yeah. release of the new mummy. Yes. Yep. Which. Which, as of this morning, as doing. of this morning, so we're, it's like it's trending down right now. Uh, I'm not going to say that I read this online, but I read this online. Uh, the worst Tom Cruise film of all time is what Dang. the reviews are saying. Ugh. I think that's got to be hyperbole. Have I've, you seen Lions for Lambs? I mean, there's no way it's worse no. than that. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I hope not. Well, I guarantee we're going to fucking do it on we're, the show. We're going <laughs> to love it. The one thing that's great, the, the, I mean... The best thing about it is that, that our expectations are even lower now. Right. So that we're going to just have a great time no matter what. I saw a picture posted from uh, Thursday night in New York where Perry from Collider was there. And she posted a picture of herself interviewing Cruz. Mm-hmm. And I <sighs> melted. I was just like so, <gasps> so <duck>. jealous. <laughs> I can't even imagine. I can't imagine. We don't even know what to say, though. No. We have to get older first and wiser. To interview Cruz? Yeah. I don't know, man. I just, I'd be too excited. I've got a laundry list of things to say to him. But you don't know what order to say them in. <laughs> it's a damn good point. It's true. Um, so, guys, this is Action Movie Anatomy. We talk action movies on this show here. The show is uh, hosted by Andrew and myself. And yeah. as we already introduced, Stacey Howard. Did you already tell the folks where they could find you? Did you already? I haven't yet. No, you can find me on Twitter at SOHoward2012. And then I do a show. Can I talk about? Yeah, absolutely. You can talk anything so, you want. Oh, fantastic. Um, so I do a show with my co-host, Brianne, a.k.a. Miss Movies. We It's called Six Degrees of Feature Film. And we take one film and show how six other movies leak up to it in some way, shape, or form. It's a lot of fun. You guys have been on it's our really, show. It's a really, really cool show idea. And we we love being on it. Yeah, we talked about Boogie Nights and Tom Cruise movies. Of course That's we did. Right. That's right, of course. And you Big guys surprise. Come, yeah, you guys should come back. We have lighting now. We're very professional really? girls. Really? Yes. Okay, excellent. Living we had a good a time, and you world. gave us cookies, so that was awesome. That's yeah. true. That's very true. And you can also find Stacy on the same platform that you can find Ben and I competing on the movie Trivia Schmodown. She yes. does. She had her first solo match. I did. Recently, how'd that go? I kicked ass. She did. I did really, really good. Her intro was also fucking epic. Yeah. It was sweet. Call me Snake. 
week. I mean, like, yes. it was it was big time stuff. And yes. and then her and Brienne, they have their team, the Six Degrees girls, and they also they they're hard with their intros, like Ben and I. Oh are. yeah, yeah and right. say like they're the female version. We're trying to be them. Yeah. on the male version. Brienne's teased the idea of a team up in the past. We don't know She's, about uh, that. You know. I mean, I think eventually <laughs> it's going to be you guys versus us, and it's going to oh. be like battle of the over enthusiastic <laughs> costume people, yes. and it's going to be a, a great time. You should I don't know. hear some of the ideas that Andrew and I have talked about for intros. They are oh. so absurd. We have lists. I mean, we have spent hundreds of dollars on costumes, hours, like plotting. I mean, I want to do like choreographed dance scenes, right. oh, marching yeah. bands, not exaggerating about that. Pretty right? much if you... Th- if- I'll put it to you this way. Tom Cruise stars in movies and then has like a schlubby co-host or a female on screen and every time we come up with the idea Andrew's like, you'll be Cruise and I'll be, <laughs> I'll be her. Nicole Kidman far away. Or, nice, <laughs> or nice. Like, yeah, that's perfect. I'll be Jamie Foxx holding a sandwich and collateral. That's exactly <laughs> it. This is exactly, that's Please all I want to do. Please just do Eyed Wide Shut where you guys, or Eyes Wide Shut where you guys, yeah, just in masks and hoods <laughs> and then creepy. just make yeah. out a little bit and be fine. All right, so uh, we've got that coming up soon. What are we and even here for today? Yeah. What are we doing? Actually, we our next match is uh, next week on yes. uh, June 12th we're going to be nice. back playing against late to the party these are these guys that uh, react to you know the teams that play for real so it's a charity event we're doing it to help out uh, Collider Studios yeah, that, yeah so. it's, it's the hair, hair dye and wheelchair foundation for the Schmoes yeah, guys you fantastic. know uh, one fan a, team gets to compete against uh, a real team yeah. once a year and yeah. uh, we're doing that for We them. feel very nice. charitable at this match, yeah. so, you know, yeah, we're helping you guys just so giving and special? A ni- nice exhibition to see these late party guys on screen. <laughs> All right, yeah. let's get into the mummy, guys. So, right. action movie anatomy, we have the four rules that action movies have to follow. Isn't that right, Ben? That's correct, yes. The action movies that we cover on this show here are four basic rules. Those rules are rule number one, the hero always plays by their own rules. And definitely, Brendan Fraser in this movie sure. is a classic action movie hero in that sense. He has all the answers. Yep. He, you know, <clears throat> runs the show. He knows how to get to, uh, what are they going? Where are they going? Imhotep's um, the guy, but they're going... Hominoptra. Hominoptra. Yeah. Rule number two, the hero and the villain are always the smartest people in the room, and definitely Brendan Fraser and poor man's Billy Zane are the smartest people in the <laughs> yes. room. There's no doubt about it. We've all thought it. You don't have to write... I don't have to make that joke for the first time. <laughs> I love that joke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> rule number three, the movie is driven by a police, military, or political, <clears throat> or mercenary figure. He, he's sort of a mercenary... Kind of. I mean, he's hired. He is he's a like hired a rogue gun soldier. Yeah. yeah, he's a hired yeah. gun to show them where to go. Yeah, yeah. Right. that's exactly what guide. he is. He's a guide. Mm-hmm. He's a guide. He's a guide. Rule number four: the movie contains a minimum of one explosion. Definitely, he blows some. Uh, he blows some shit up. He throws out a bunch of dynamite. dynamite. Yeah. Blows up some. Blows I up. almost called them zombies, mummies. I'm feel. I was at Six Flags yesterday. Yeah, and I feel. I still feel a little yeah, wild. Like off kilter, huh? Off kilter. Happy birthday, man! Oh, thank you. <gasps> Happy birthday! Yeah, yesterday was my birthday. No, we we haven't talked about the movie at all yet, but uh, no. we no. just want to keep talking about these oh, things. We're talking about the movie. <laughs> we're getting there. We're it's making witty banter. We got in a joke about Billy Zane, Arno yeah. Voslo. Yeah, yeah, yep. I looked him up because I was unsure <laughs> like, if it was Billy Zane. actually just Billy Zane. <laughs> Uh, but I was, it was clearly not Billy Zane. Um, so, guys, we start the show off every single week by watching this trailer here for the movie, and then we're going to share our thesis statements, our bold thoughts on the film. So let's get into the trailer for this film yes. right now. I'm excited. I haven't told you my thesis this week. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. In a race for yes, the world's it. most advanced communications Many technology. Many men wasted their lives in the foolish pursuit of Hominoptera. Hominoptera? Most. Never never returned. Returned. That guy's a great shit weasel, too. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, I for think sure. found something. <gasps> it's pretty cool, that yeah. effect. Yeah. I call it the doorway to hell. Doorway to hell. Oh, my 
have unleashed a creature that we have feared for more than 3,000 years. I can only see that guy as the gigolo in Deuce Bigelow. I forgot about that. This summer, Universal Pictures invites you on an extraordinary adventure. Beyond life and time. Oh wow! It, it just ended. ended really abruptly. Oh dun, no! There it dun, was. Dun, dun. I was like, go. "There's got to be some sort of punch." Brendan Fraser, <laughs> poor man's Billy Zane. <laughs> uh, uh, it's a, it's a '99 trailer. That's a weird trailer. It I was. Know. It ended really abruptly, right? Yeah. Yeah. I rem- I mean, I I miss the days of voiceovers in yeah. trailers. Like yeah. nowadays, it's like, oh, let's take a pop sound, a pop song, and slow yep. it down. Yep. You know, but you know, in a world, right. I really, really miss that time. We, we talk, talk about that. Yeah, we talk a lot about the different eras and the different voices. And right, they're, and they're very distinctive. The mid nineties, yeah. the early to mid nineties, is what you're talking about, mm-hmm. and that's when it was really that syrupy. Like the voice that I'm doing is the Congo voice. Yeah, and, a diamond mine of incredible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the, the Edge trailer is one we always like to talk about. You know, that's a, a photographer with an eye for beauty. And you're, you're like, like, yes! <laughs> you're like, I'm so into the story right now. Yes. Keep illustrating what's going on mm-hmm. with your voice. And then, yeah, um, and like in the early 2000s, it became it became more like music videos. Yeah, exactly. Much more like music videos. And that's exactly when you saw the changeover that a lot of the music video directors were then getting big films. Mm-hmm. So it made sense that they were cutting trailers the same way. It's the mid-2000s when trailers started to actually legitimize. Like, they get... They tried to become, like, short films. Yeah. Right. You know? And I think that we've been in that for a while now, where trailers, they're not really... They're not intended to necessarily sell the movie as much as they're supposed to sell you feeling a certain way about the movie. Yeah. Right. Um, That's I think good point. It used to really be, like, we're going to show you a bunch of clips from the movie, and we're going to put some exciting stuff there, and right. you're going to kind of get a sense of exactly what the whole movie's about. Whereas, like, nowadays, the first trailer for a major film can be, like... A couple shots with some really dramatic music, yeah, and like yeah, like a teaser, and you don't see anything. You don't about need it. any yeah. lines necessarily. Yeah, right. um, I mean, we we have said over and over again, and this is no longer true with Wonder Woman, but the best thing in the entire DCEU was the Man of Steel trailer too. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, <laughs> the whole thing up until Wonder Woman. So the, you know, trailers they do something special nowadays. Yeah, yeah, and I, I like always will remember Man of Steel more fondly than it actually is in my repertoire because trailer. of the trailer and how good it is. Yeah, right. Uh, so moving on to thesis, I'm so excited. Go this ahead. Is, yeah, man. okay. Jump so a thesis in, statement please. is like is like a bold thought. It's a bold statement that you have. It's something about the movie that's based in hyperbole. It's not like my favorite this or this is my favorite time this happened. It's the greatest this, the most epic display of this. The You're, first, the last. Yeah. It should be at a party when the movie comes up and Stacey's like, I love the mummy. And they're like, yes. really? And they're like, let me tell you about the mummy. Yeah. And you make your one point and they're like, mm-hmm. That Stacy girl really knew what was up about the mummy. Yeah, people say that a lot because yeah. I talk about the mummy a lot. <laughs> yeah. so. so mine is more so about me than okay. it is about this film. Um, this film is the most terrified I've ever been to watch a movie in theaters ever in my whole life. Wow. Yeah. Really? For real. I love scary movies, but they don't. I'm not like scared to go watch them. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to go watch them. When I was a kid, I was with my buddy Derek. I've known Derek since I was a year and a half. I was yeah, whatever. I can't even talk today. Um, and his family, they we were like on this summer camping trip or vacation, and, and we were like we were gonna stop and watch the movies on the way there. And they decided they wanted to watch the Mummy. And my mom had always talked up how I should not watch horror movies and how terrifying they are, and they'll give you nightmares and blah blah blah. <clears throat> 
petrified of horror movies. Never watched one in my whole life, and this was the first time because The Mummy was a horror movie when yeah. it came out. It, yeah. it absolutely was. And like going to the theaters at what ninety nine? I was eleven years old. I remember sitting there with like my friend. He's like, "You're gonna be okay," and I was like, "I, I just don't, I don't you know I, I don't do that. I don't watch <laughs> horror movies." And like I didn't want to watch. I cover my eyes. Even when the titles came up, like terrified. Yeah. And going back and watching it, this movie's still creepy to me. Like yeah, the scarabs still, are particularly scary. The scarabs oh, are yeah. gnarly and like yeah. the skin burning and getting mummified and the eyes and the tongue. Yeah. But anyway, so this was the most terrified I've ever been to watch a movie in theaters. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. I didn't crazy. know that you felt so strongly about this film. I did. I yeah. do. You've talked about doing this. We've talked about doing this movie on the show for a while. And early on, guys, just in case you're tuning in for the first time in a couple weeks, to clarify something, Early on in the onset of the show, when we came up with these four rules, it was really about this one type of movie. And what we've decided to really expand here for the second half, the second hundred episodes, because we're on episode 102 now, nice. is Good job. yeah, yeah right. we're you. gonna we're gonna allow you know franchise comic book films in here now. We're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna invite more action, and, but adventure too. You know, the Mummy is really an adventure film. Yeah, it doesn't have the big you know big tits, big guns of those 80s and 90s yeah. action mm-hmm. movies. It feels a little different. And we're going to allow those movies on the show more because we have now established with the audience that watches and listens to the show, you guys like what we do. And you want to hear us talk about your favorite movies. And a lot of your favorite movies aren't just, you know, Independence Day and Terminator. So yeah. there's a lot to talk about, which is why we allowed Guardians last week. We're doing The Mummy this week. Yeah. So. Uh, here's what I noticed about this film. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. This is definitely a movie that was around when I was a kid. And I'm sure I've seen every minute of this movie at one time in my life because it was on cable a lot. Like in, yeah. in, in separate segments, like cup, chopped I up. I think it played <clears throat> on the ski bus on the way home from the mountain when I was in middle school doing mm-hmm. ski trips and stuff like that. Right. Like, but as actually sitting down and paying attention and watching the whole movie start to finish, I wasn't sure if I ever had because there were certain moments in the movie that I like weren't very, I wasn't very familiar with. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> this is the biggest thing I took away from it. This is the only example of a tentpole film I can think of in my entire lifetime where 20 years later, the female aged significantly better than the male. Okay. Rachel, I agree. Rachel Weiss is fucking gorgeous. She is a smoke show. And she's a smoke show today. I even think a little more so than she was then. And she was a stunner. She's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Brendan Fraser, on the other hand, like looking at his pictures, it's not that he looks bad. It's just that he doesn't look believable as an action star anymore. Well, you said it really well when you were like, <laughs> You look at him, and he's, like, almost 50 and, like, almost 20. Yeah. But there's just something odd. But it was almost the same way when the movie first came out. Brandon Fraser is, like, a very strange action star. He doesn't... Mm-hmm. He doesn't... He didn't really resemble the guys that we know to play roles like this, the Harrison Fords or today the Chris Pratts. He didn't have that kind of charm. He kind of had a face he wanted to punch Yeah, he's bit. got that yeah. goofy face, which is why he got famous from playing... Or not... I mean, yeah, famous from playing George of the Jungle. Yeah. It was, like, this yeah. goofy... And Ceno Man. That's, like... And, and, and Airheads. Yes, yeah, and right. Airheads. Yeah. He, was, he was known as that guy, which is why... Just because he got the physique from George of the Jungle, yeah. it was like, all right, now you're a superstar, now you're an action star. It should be pretty telling that when <clears> you <throat> think about a guy that was in a movie as big as this, in a role like this at age 30, this was 1999, and by 2004, when he had a small part in Crash, people were like, oh yeah, Brendan Fraser used to be a star, yeah. we'll put him as a, a bit part in this ensemble. That was five years after yeah. this. It was like, he was still like totally relevant, and in his mid-30s, mm-hmm. like, I don't know how that happened, but anyway... If you look at the two of them now, I think I, I can't think of another example of that. Like Rachel Vice is gonna be fifty pretty soon mm-hmm. and watching her on screen now, I mean she's the female lead in Born Legacy, and that's like mm-hmm. five years ago. She's in her early forties. Like I don't I cannot imagine Brendan Fraser headlining any big budget action film today. No, I, not at all. I just can't see I can't it. even imagine him being in a movie today. And and what's so weird is like 
we were talking about when Crash came out, Brendan Fraser was still at his peak. Right. In in time, you would think, but that was already he was already falling off. Right. Like, uh, was it the year before? I, we literally did the thing where you were just. What you just said the same thing? I just did it while you oh. were looking at the I chat. Was read, I was reading what they were saying. Okay, my bad. I've <laughs> done that a few times. The Roxy Stryer thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was sitting here. I'm, I'm like reading all these things that people are talking about and uh, and their points and their fist pumps and all that. People people love this movie. What was the joke? The old joke. Oh, it was it was on Edge of Tomorrow and Roxy's like, yeah, I really edged you out. She's like, what? And Roger's like, I literally made the joke 30 seconds ago. When you <laughs> <were talking about." laughs> oh, yep. Thank you. We needed that. Um, yeah, no, totally. So we were on the same page with this. It's just crazy. I, I Brendan Fraser is an, an anomaly of an action star. His He was totally A-list for a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I don't think anybody could figure out exactly why. And his career totally ended up reflecting that. Whereas Rachel Weisz, it turns out, is a much better actress and totally more beautiful than she even was in this movie in her mid-twenties. She won an Oscar for The Constant Gardener. Like, she is a powerhouse. She does fantastic indie films that come out all the time. She's married to Daniel Craig, so she's married to, like, an A-list actor. So they're just... She also was married to Darren Aronofsky for a hot second. I think they have a kid together. So (laughs) she has relationships with famous people. She's famous herself. She is, like, a powerhouse in Hollywood. Well, she's that type of woman, I think, that... I mean, like, we all know being a woman in Hollywood is tough. She's the type of woman, I feel like, where you look at her and you're like... That woman just worked her ass off. She yeah. worked so hard. She did exactly what she had to do. She played all the games you needed to do, and she just like kept her head down and was diligent. Yeah. And like you look at her, and her career has lasted for so long in Definitely. comparison to a lot of women, and she's taking really good care of herself. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not easy to do. Both things. Yeah. Especially Absolutely. with having kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, she reminds me a lot, in, and I think because they look a little bit similar, and because of their age and how good they are, uh, to Marianne Cotillard. She's, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's got a lot of the same characteristics there. She played a lot of the same roles. Yeah. But she's an impressive actress. Big, big fan. Big fan of hers. Mm-hmm. So that's my thesis statement, guys. So cool. Let's hear it from the uh, the, right. the aficionado. Thesis statement. Uh, I got something bold. It should be like a red lipstick. It's so bold, you guys. Here we go. <laughs> the mummy is the Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark of the 90s. This film has action, wow. adventure, humor <laughs> that is appropriate for the film and for the tone of the film. The horror genre aspect of it really brings it down to where it's not overly cheesy. It's not this ridiculous thing. It's like a fun adventure ride at Disneyland. Right. You know, it. it from start to finish, you are constantly like... That's fucking great, man. And, and you it have, became a ride. And it became a ride, yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh, and the ride's amazing at Universal, yeah, by the yeah. way. You guys should totally hop on it. It's it's a it's a great time. Um so it's the entire family can enjoy it. Mom, dad, little brother, big sister, grandpa, whatever. You can put it on at any party and people be like, Oh yeah, the mummy. It's always on TNT at two PM on a Tuesday. And yeah, they'll be right. like, I'll stop and watch this for sure. Hundred percent. It is my favorite action adventure film of all time. I remember going to this film. You you know when you guys were younger and your parents or your older siblings or friends would introduce you to films and say, you should watch this. And you're like, oh yeah, yeah. okay. Indiana Jones, Mermaid. Temple of Doom. Yeah. It was exactly the same thing. Yeah, and they're like, oh, yeah. you should do this. This is the first movie where I saw the trailer and I was like, I want to see that movie. Yeah. Mom, Dad, get in the car. We're going to the theater. I saw this movie five times in yes, theaters. Really? I dragged my whole family to see it. I was obsessed with Egyptology after that. I was obsessed, <laughs> with, Rachel, obsessed with Rachel Weisz. She is my girl crush for all time. Yeah. I just, it brought me into the land, the world of like action adventure movies. I wasn't a little Disney princess anymore. This really graduated me to, oh, big blockbuster films. Like right. I can like these. Yes. I'm not a kid anymore. I'm a grown-ass little girl. Yeah. <laughs> Grown-ass little girl. (laughs) Yeah. That's why you're on the show today. That is such a great thesis. And you know what? We have a conversation that's going to... That actually is going to be perfect lead-into that we're going to cover later. But 
I couldn't agree more because what happened over the next 10 years is this bevy of action adventure treasure yeah. hunting movies came out and <clears throat> the mummy has the exact same effect like you haven't seen it yeah. before but me going back and watching it uh, was the same feeling I know like my my mom's like good friend growing up her son was like 20 years older than me right and he would show me these movies and Indiana Jones Lost Ark and Temple of Doom were exactly how I imagined someone would feel watching them now. Like a kid, like a 10-year-old watching The Mummy now would be like, kind of creeped out, but it's kind of fun and kind of mm-hmm. campy. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's still, you're still like, oh, this is great. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, and, and then... It's a fun time. I going back and watching it, like I told you, I was when I told you I was watching it, you're like, you're actually kind of scared? I was like, dude, I don't know. <laughs> I love horror movies, but I think it's just because I watched this movie as a kid. I was like, kind of yeah, creeped yeah. out. So, Yeah. I think this absolutely is because I think For pirates sure. became way too Hollywoodized. Oh yeah, yeah. You know? But I do think that pirates was a few years later. If, if there was a generational break or whatever, you know, if you were, it feels very different than this too. Yeah, mm-hmm. this. I mean, this is much more like horror. This, the, the scares in this mm-hmm. movie are definitely intended to be scary. Where I don't think pirates really intended to be scary at yeah. any point. Yeah, I think it just meant it to true. be like quirky and weird. Versus yeah. this, it started off as a much smaller budget horror, legitimate horror film. Yeah. And then when they were kind of going over the outline, they were like, "We can make this a hundred million dollar blockbuster. Like we can kind of change this up right. and throw in the action and adventure in there." They it was originally supposed to be much smaller, but they yeah. changed it and they changed it well. They did good. I mean, look, the last film directed by Stephen Summers before he made this was Deep Rising, so I think it should yeah. be a strong sense of the kind of movie he was used to making and wanted to be making around that time right. going into making this, which I think is yeah. why it does have a little bit more of that scare feel to it. Um, let's move into our next part of the show, guys. Okay. This is Fist Pump Moment. If you yes. watch the show, if you listen to the show, you know all about Fist Pump Moment. It's that <clears> moment <throat> you're watching the film, something happens, and you're just like, yes, I get to watch this movie right now. This is so awesome. You get so pumped up. can be anything. can be a moment, a line, a look, the music, whatever you want it to be. So uh, this definitely had some sweet ones. There was, yeah. I have two. I have a funny one, and I also had well three really. But I already have made the Billy Zane joke, so I'll, I'll leave one off the table. <laughs> My uh, fist pump is when I make the <laughs> Billy Zane joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, one's funny, and one is like definitely like sweet. Yeah, I have I have two also. My first fist pump is definitely when you see Rachel Vice on the ladder in the glasses. Yes. <laughs> right. Just because you're like you see her and you're like okay, first of all, this is a she's all that moment. Mm-hmm. That's Rachel Vice under the glasses. Yeah. And your hair and this outfit like I know you're going to be running around this hair later in the film and you're going to look completely different and yeah, we're going to be like you're stunning clearly yeah. and you like, ain't fooling no one yeah exactly mm-hmm. so that was like funny to me but the real fist pump for me was when uh, he's reading from the book and then all of a sudden shit goes wild and the guy's like you must not read the scripture yeah, yeah. whatever he says he like wakes mm-hmm. up you yeah. must not read from the book yeah. and then you're yeah. like and you're like, oh, it's about to go down. Yep. And that was pretty sweet, I thought. Mm-hmm. And that's when you see that's when you see Imhotep be like, Whoa. the first time he wakes up. Zoom in on that. Yeah. Uh, all right, Stace, so what you got? Okay, so my fist pump moment, and by the way, the entire film for me is a fist yeah, pump moment. It's oh, nonstop. Yeah. This moment is amazing. But Rick O'Connell, played by the wonderful Brendan Fraser, uh, busts through a pile of mummies to like, he um, swords down on Eva's. Evie's chain and like yeah. lifts oh, her free, I love that. and then yeah. he's like crushing mummies left and right and cuts one's heads off, and then he looks over and goes, "Mummies." And I <laughs> said that line all the time to my parents, and it made no sense. Like I remember I was doing dishes one day and I dropped a plate, and I just looked at my mom and go, "Mummies," and she was like, "You're a weird child." So yeah, that one for me, I was like, "He is fun. He's an action adventure guy. He's a superhero right now." Did you have a giant crush on him as a kid? Or no? Um, I. 
I had more of a crush on Rachel Weisz, yeah, honestly. Yeah, right? I mean, of course she did. He she's was, better in the he movie. Was, yeah, <laughs> she's looking. gorgeous in this film. He, this is the best he's ever looked. Though. I know George the Jungle, he had like the six-pack abs and with this little loincloth thing. I get but it, but... Like- slow. Yeah, he looks like he, he was he was a little dumb blonde. But in this film, he had um, full range of all of his like acting abilities, and he was like the hair flop he's and the, the two five guns. O'clock shadow. He's got the yep. five o'clock shadow that they do like the match on his face. Oh no, wait, that's on his his buddy face. His buddy's face. I remember yeah. that doing the <laughs> dynamite. Right. Uh, so yeah, that was my when he was truly like an action star wielding a sword for a hot second. It was great. Definitely yeah. one thing that I noticed about this movie. You mentioned the guy who he did on the cheek. Yeah, it's something I thought about. This happens a lot in not even just '90s movies. It happens a lot like in Independence Day Resurgence. But like you throw in basically a completely irrelevant character who doesn't even necessarily have a name who's in mm. a lot of the movie right. and he's just there to be an extra moving piece right. but the bizarre thing is that guy survives at the end of the movie yeah yeah, and he's like a major he's a major moving part in both films right yeah and like this one and the second one right. more so in the second but if you think about that guy he's, he's ethnically ambiguous he could be basically anyone from the time period he, there's he literally has like nothing distinct of. I was thinking about guys that were in movies at the time who are those guys that just show up and everything. Oh yeah, like the guy mm-hmm. in Gladiator that's got the scar on his. Yeah, lip. he's in. He's oh, still yeah. in movies all the time. That yeah. guy. I just like, saw him get killed in a movie like recently. Yeah, guys like that. What's that? What's Guardians. That he just got killed in Guardians. The guy with the scar. Yeah. Oh he's, yeah. He gets pushed out into space. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Is that guy's name Proximo in Gladiator? No, that's I, the guy. His name is Cicero. Cicero. Yeah. yeah. Cicero. Sweet. Great. <laughs> Uh, All right, so mine. Okay, I have I have two as well. Um, That moment when uh, they get back to like the library area and Benny's there, or back in the town, and and Connell just throws the chair at him when he's running away. That's great. Awesome. He just dings it. He just picks it up and just yeah, he just beams it. Yeah, that was on my list too. Great. Mm -hmm. And that whole room is awesome because then afterwards he picks him up and holds him up to like this murderous fan with like this (laughs) ching 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 ching. That is just a fist bump. I remember that from college. My roommate was always like, "We need that fan." Yeah. Um, But my real one is uh, is okay. First of all, anytime the mummy like. Absorb someone is gnarly. Oh, it's great! But when he does it to that poor, poor bastard who's already gotten his eyes yeah. and tongue <gasps> eaten oh, out, he's like, "He'd like to thank you for your eyes and tongue." He's like, <laughs> uh, "But he he does it to him again, and the scarab crawls from out his neck and through his cheek, and, and then he eats, eats it." it. Yes. Yeah, that was so awesome. I don't know why I loved it so much, yeah. but it's just because it's just so gross, and the scarabs are disgusting. And yeah, I just I love that. The part. makeup and effects in this movie actually held up remarkably well. Yeah. I thought yeah. nearly yeah. twenty years, and I actually thought that poor man's Billy Zane. I can't remember his name. I'm not making the joke anymore. I'm just yeah. I can't remember his name. Arno something Zisic or something. Yeah, he looks good. He looks Arnold Vosloo. <clears throat> Vosloo. Yeah, it's a hard name to remember. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, they well, there's a couple lines in there that were like the first time he was supposed to be reanimated. Rachel Weisz was supposed to say he's gorgeous, yeah, but they cut that out because it would have been really inappropriate, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then also the other guy whose face they keep lighting the match on, yeah, their whole race was supposed to be covered in tattoos, but the director was also like, "You're too gorgeous. We need to not <laughs> yeah. cover you just up." Just do I read that. A lot of beautiful lines. men, yeah, yeah, just little lines yeah. here. That's it. Just yeah. do like a little tear tattoo. That's their version. I yeah, guess. absolutely. Mm-hmm. You yeah. would have done well in this film. You would have, man. Dark yeah. features. Oscar Isaac would yeah. have done well, too. He would have oh, taken yeah. my role. He played Apocalypse. I mean, you, yeah, whatever, dude. <laughs> apocalypse. Schmop, apocalypse. Um, all right. All so that's all. We'd all our fist, our fist bump moments? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All fist bump moments, yeah. Excellent. All right, guys. We're going to move into the next part of this show where we are going to do the actor breakdown, actor, actress, talk about the, uh, the stars of the film. Super We've kind of been talking about them a bit, but uh, Brennan Fraser, so... 
already ranted a little bit about this, but 97, Still Breathing, 98, Gods and Monsters, and 99, Blast from the Past. I do remember Blast from the Past. Me too. I saw that Alicia film. Silverstone. Christopher Walken. I think yes. I saw Gods and Monsters also. This is basic. Is that, is that the mom? Yeah, yeah. that's the mom. Some Which of these gods and monsters? I like don't remember anything about it, but I remember the box at the video store, and I seem to remember my older sister renting it once. Hmm. Huh. Uh, I've never heard of this film. Yeah, it's done by somebody. It's done by like there's somebody pretty big in it. I think it was like a pretty big movie. Like some, there's some Oscar noms for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Jeremy Irons got an Oscar nom for it. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I think I think that's right, or something like that. Yeah. Um, but in any case, so he he was having a like a pretty good career, and we talked about this already. But Encino Man in the early '90s, and then again in Airheads in the mid '90s. So he had been building towards this, and at the time he made this movie, he's like 30 or 31. Mm-hmm. So he had been in it. He had been in the scene working for like a solid seven or eight years. I think a little bit of him getting this role is it's not quite the Bill Paxton twister effect but it's like oh that's interesting it's like it's a shade above it because he is much more of a leading man than Bill Paxton ever was Paxton was clearly a character actor how handsome he was ugh yeah. yeah, he's really good looking in that photo. But Ber- but like Brendan Fraser, they were like, all right, you know what? You've put in the work. You've been the funny guy. Like the world seems to like you enough. You got in shape. Yeah, mm-hmm. you did. Yeah. Jo- is George of the Jungle before this or after this? I think it's before because George of the Jungle was ninety eight. It's ninety. Before. It's before. There, yeah, yeah, yeah. It might be ninety six. Ninety six. Okay, I think so because there's a reason I didn't. I think it's ninety six. Actually, I'm pretty positive because it was right before Still Breathing, and I didn't put it in, and I wanted to. So he's like ninety six. That he's like late twenties, and that's obviously a kids movie. Mm-hmm. So this is the first one where they're like, okay, we're gonna kind of let you do the straddle the line big franchise movie. And honest to God, like we always talk about this on the show, we're talking a lot of shit about Brendan Fraser just because mm-hmm. we're kind of making fun of the guy. If you make one movie as famous as one of as this movie, yeah. one movie, you're like immortal forever. Yeah, because yeah, like, yeah absolutely. So if few people ever do that. You were yeah. part of something iconic and great in film, and it, he was part of a lot more movie. than one. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, to to be in when, just, when we talk- were talking on the phone the other day, I was like, oh yeah, I've seen this, and the, and I realized I was like, I've seen almost every Brendan Fraser movie from when he started to get famous. Which is the one with Elizabeth Hurley, Bedazzled. Bedazzled. I love oh, that Bedazzled movie. is a guilty pleasure. Oh, I love mine. and I like Elizabeth Bedazzled. Hurley is you know, you over forty in that movie. Smoke show, though. Oh, she's amazingly gorgeous. She looks beautiful in that film. He do, he does like family films now. Yeah, yeah. so that's, that's true. he rebranded himself. He's like, I'm gonna be do. I, I think he did one with Brooke Shields. Yeah, and I liked him in Crash. Like I thought he yeah. did a good job in that part in Crash. Crash is, in my it's opinion, such a weird movie. One of the most like. I think at this point you can honestly say I think it's one of the most underrated films ever made because I agree. most people hate Crash. Most people think that's a bad movie. Did people, it win Best Picture? Yeah. yeah. See, that's why it's so hard. It's because it won Best Picture. Everyone loved it, and then everyone hated it, and then now again you, you go, go back watch and watch it. it. It's not. That it has some terrible. really good scenes. Like, yeah. The Mark Isham soundtrack is incredible. Like it definitely has some silly scenes, and the, and the heavy-handedness of racism in LA is like yes, that's a thing that exists. We but, don't like this. Doesn't need to win Best Picture because it talks about one really important issue. But like for yeah. all the people that don't live in LA and don't experience that kind of shit that happens all the time all the time like and it's not and that movie isn't even that extreme anymore that movie's you know anyway moving on to Rachel Weiss, her career was much more on the rise uh, she did Bent in 97 she did Amy Foster in 97 as well and I Want You in 98 I don't know any of those movies yeah, well, we talked a little bit about Bent, Bent the other yeah. day. So Bent, if you go look up Bent, it's a foreign film about, I think, starring Clive Owen. And Clive Owen, it's in the Holocaust, and he claims to be gay to distract oh. from the fact that he's Jewish. Mm-hmm. Oh. So he gets, like, a pink, instead of a yellow, instead of, like, a yellow band, he gets a pink band. Um, oh, wow. I've never seen this, but the cast was insane. The cast is, yeah, like... Yeah, there's a bunch of... I think it was, like, Ian, uh, yeah, like Ian McKellen mm-hmm. and, like, Clive Owen and, like... 
Rachel Weiss, and there was two other like major major A-listers, actors in the film yeah. that you would be like, oh wow. And wow, I was like, okay. I don't know anything about this movie. So that was definitely a relevant one. As we said, when you watch Rachel Weiss in this movie, this is what I noticed. She's so beautiful, she's almost cartoonish. She almost yeah. feels like a Disney princess in mm-hmm. real life in this movie. Mm-hmm. When you watch her later in her career, even just like Constant Gardener, seven years later, mm-hmm. uh, five years later, she looks like a real person. She's like yeah. grown into her looks. Mm-hmm. And I think she's more believable. So I think probably she experienced a lot of the stuff before this movie, which was people seeing her as just like a kid. You're too pretty. You're yeah. like you're too pretty for us to actually put you in something and take you seriously. Even mm-hmm. in this movie, really her character is written to be pretty light. She doesn't have much depth aside from being very very smart. Mm-hmm. They don't give her a lot of scenes in this movie that like yeah. show <clears throat> her range. She does a good job of like yeah. Totally. She does a great job of making her character more interesting than she is on paper. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. which is what you're supposed to do as an actress. Yeah. So she's a good actress. Yeah, um, sure. This movie. Made like it sparked an idea in my mind when I was watching it because again I haven't sat down and watched this from beginning to end in a long time, mm-hmm. and that moment when you first see Rachel Weisz and then you see her out in the the uh, I, want, I keep wanting to say jungle in the desert, um, she is stunningly beautiful. Yeah, right. The, yeah. And and I think everyone well, in Hollywood she has like the stuff on her. Yeah, and she's in like the new outfit. She's in, and like I'm Indian, so I like look at that and I'm like, oh my god, you're mm-hmm. she's, you're so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the rest of Hollywood agreed, and this has happened a lot in movies and, and in time where you see, particularly a woman, I think. I mean, it happens with men, too, for sure. Uh, but you see a, a female or a woman in a movie, and this moment happens. It's maybe the first time you see him, or maybe Emily Blunt, you know, stretching in uh, uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Yep. But you see them, and you're like, oh, my God, I need to know more about you. I want to watch everything that you're in. You're going to be in more movies. You're an A-lister. Yep. Mm-hmm. You're, you're this breakout beauty. And there's been moments in history this has happened, and I think that we should talk about them, because I think okay. we've all had them. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we had a whole running thread about this, and I think we've all got some ideas for the ones that stick out to us. Yeah. Um, so this is definitely one for me, though, though honestly, because I didn't watch this growing up, she's not one that I remembered from that, mm-hmm. but totally I, I get it, watching it now. The ones that really stand out to me that I remember... The most recent one that I'll say is Margot Robbie in, in Wolf of Wall Street, because... right. First of all, guys, she goes full frontal in this movie. Like, mm. it's a Scorsese drama that was nominated for a ton of Oscars, so because of that, it seems a lot more like, well, of course, that's yeah, what the role of called for, and of yeah. course it's legitimate. Mm-hmm. But, like, prior to that, she was basically a nobody, mm-hmm. and that's how the world, like, got to know her, was, like, this stunningly beautiful woman and since then, she's become one of the probably the five biggest females in the entire yeah. world. Yeah, and if she hadn't already done Wolf of Wall Street, it, you could have said the same thing for Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone dressed up as Harley Quinn yeah. for Halloween last year. But she mm-hmm. would never have gotten Suicide Squad without Wolf if, of Wall exactly. Street. She was basically she was essentially an Australian model before Wolf of Wall. I know she had done some work, mm-hmm. but like nothing that the world knew her for. So right. that was she skyrocketed. You know, mm-hmm. um, that was a huge one for for me. Um, I guess we'll, should we each do our own list here? Uh, yeah, sure. Why don't you go through all three of yours? My second one would be Megan Fox and Transformers. Yeah. Um, 07, I saw this movie. I think all of us were like, who is that? Mm-hmm. Everyone in the whole world was like yeah. that. Who is that? Like, she was, like, perfectly cast. Like, she was the way too hot girl next door. Yeah. Yep. But you just wanted to believe she was the girl next door. Yeah, there was so... Yeah, you, like... Living in, like, a trailer park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All like, right. Fighting. You're, like... <laughs> she was so beautiful. You were willing to, like, suspend your... Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah. Yep. She's trailer park. I could find her. Mm-hmm. I'm you so know? excited because uh, now with the new rules of the show, you know, there's a new Transformers coming out in a few weeks. We're going to do Transformers 1 oh, in like two weeks. Definitely oh, nice. Transformers yeah. One. Nice. It's so sweet. I love that mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. It's and, fun. Yeah. And then the, and my final one, because this was the girl that from the time I was like 15 
till I was like 25 I was just in love with and still mm. to this day working in the industry being here in Hollywood I have not had the chance to even see in person who is it? Kira Knightley oh you oh. love Kira Knightley Pirates of the Caribbean I had the biggest crush in the world like when you talk about how you felt about this movie like the way you remembered it right I was obsessed with Kira Knightley like mm. I've so it's 100% and I think the one thing you can say is that she had her breakout role was Bend It Like Beckham but mm-hmm. yeah. it's the same conversation about Tom Hardy and Bronson People claim they saw Bronson now because he's famous, yeah. but before he was actually famous, no one saw Bronson. Yeah. Before Pirates, nobody saw Bendit like Beckham. Yeah. It was right like enough. a very small movie that a couple people had seen. Yeah. And it was very British, too. Totally. Like, it was very... Yeah. Yeah. Um, Everything was happening in the film was like, only Brits would kind of understand. Yeah, I remember like. watching that at like a, a friend's house in like yeah. late middle school or early high school, and I was like, why are we watching... Oh, yeah. she's in it. That's yeah. why. Yeah. Uh, a couple of fist pump moments that we missed was uh, Benny praying like a weasel in various languages. That's, that's awesome. Oh, that's I love that moment. Yeah. Uh, the grabbing of the the crawling hand yeah. to cut the mummy. So mm-hmm. I just want to leave people hanging there. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you want to go with your three? You want me to go? Um, I'll go. Okay. I guess um, I tried to stick with like action adventure films. Um, so I went with, of course, Sandy Bulls, Sandra Bullock oh, in Speed. Huge one. Huge that's one. Because excellent. Because she was super adorable. She wasn't this like Bond, you know, goddess. Uh, she was just a very relatable woman, but she was so sincere and she was so sweet in the film. And her and Keanu Reeves had such great chemistry that I was like, I want to be that woman. I could be <laughs> that woman, you know. And so she was a breakout beauty for me in that role. I also had um, this is going to be a random one, but I went with Laura Dern in Jurassic Park. She's not a tr- again, she's not a traditional one. No, beauty. That's a great one. But I was like, this again. You look at. I wanted to be Dr. Ellie Sadler. Like I yeah. wanted to be her role, and I thought she was this gorgeous, like take charge, smart kind of woman. Yeah, she's never like, a damsel in distress. Never, she is there never. because she's intelligent and yeah. qualified. Yeah, she's a yeah. badass. She's right. the one that saves the day. She gets over to that house, okay, that little shed. She turns on the light. She's doing yep, it, right? Yep. Well, I think that there's a distinct difference, just like to add on to that point, between you you have definitely sometimes you put a woman in a film, and we're just talking about women here, but mm-hmm. the same for men, where they're beautiful, and that's right. why they're remembered, is that right. they were beautiful. And then there's also the other half of it, which is where they're capable, right. and they're not remembered right. because yeah. of how they look necessarily, but because of the character. Obviously, the perfect is when you get the combo. Yeah. But Rebecca yeah. Ferguson and MI5. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. For but me. it's one or the other has to be really above average for the world to remember, because they also put women in, in films sometimes in these roles that they just fall flat. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. fine, but the world doesn't really remember. Right. And, you know, that's a... Bryce Dallas Howard and Lady in the Water is like Bryce Dallas Howard in Jurassic World. Yeah, yeah. yeah it just it doesn't. Sometimes it just doesn't click. Or yeah. like I don't even know who the last um, Bond girl was. The one in the fourth movie. The one from um, Skyfall. I forgot. I forgot her name. I don't know what else she's been in. Yeah, Naomi she's Harris really is pretty. more memorable than any of the Bond girls. Yeah. Movies. Oh yeah, for sure. Ava Green, at least in Casino, was memorable. Yes. And I think the Olga, whatever from the second movie, was not. Oh, I remember yeah. Skyfall. Kolyanko mm-hmm. or something. Like, yeah, I can't remember her name. Though. And what about Spectre? Who was the girl in Spectre? It's the daughter oh, of, of Mr. White or whatever. She's like she's like Russian looking and. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah the, the blonde from yeah. Uh, Mission Impossible. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 she's also yeah, in Mission Impossible Four, four yeah. for sure. Um. Yeah. Is that all of yours? Um, I had my last one. I put Gina Carano on Haywire. Just because I had no idea who she was before that. And I know they took her and they were like, this is a a beautiful, strong woman who is like an MMA fighter. And they just made a movie for her. And so to me, that was a breakout beauty because uh, it's not like she was a known actress before that. It's just one movie. You get to be in it because of everything you're capable of individually. I didn't know that. I was not aware of that. But I know Soderbergh likes to take his chances with his leads like that. Yeah. 
Uh, so I've got a handful here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna list some of the ones that that you guys didn't. Uh, I think Jolie and Wild Things is a big one. Yeah, Ellen Page and Juno. Yeah, nice. Uh, nice. Catherine Zeta Jones and Zorro. That's yeah. like my mom's favorite. It's a big one. Really? Daisy Ridley and Force Awakens, nice. and Rebecca Ferguson and MI5. Those are yeah. like the other ones we missed. But my three that I have are, oh man, this is so hard. All right, so I have to go <laughs> Gal Gadot in uh, Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. So I know yeah. that's crazy because. You'll say Batman vs Superman. Well, I mean, and and so Fast and Furious. Some people would say Fast Seven, yep. which I don't think is fair because <clears throat> she, she's in it for like five minutes. Yeah, if she's not Wonder Woman, people don't remember that role. I would still say Batman versus Superman, but I hear what you're saying. So I, I know you haven't seen Wonder Woman yet, but yeah, I, I, I feel yeah. you on that. Yeah, she is magnetic, mesmerizing, like perfect in this movie. Yeah. I'm telling you, like I, it's been so long since I've watched a film where I'm just watching it and I can't help. Like, I almost feel like a creep yeah. watching it because I'm, like, so in love with her yeah. throughout it. Like, I haven't felt that in a movie in a long time other than these other two. And you were, like, relatively <clears throat> skeptical I going wasn't, into I, it. No, 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 no. Relatively is, is an understatement. I thought yeah. this movie was going to suck. Yeah. And I did not want to watch it. Yeah. Like, I just didn't. The world convinced you, though. The world convinced the me. Reviews. I, I was going to watch it no matter what. Yeah, I just right. didn't really want to. Uh, it was fantastic. Um, okay, so these next two. Rachel McAdams in The Notebook. Nice. I am still in love with Rachel McAdams. Which is a really interesting one, because it's the same year as Mean Girls. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think she became iconic in the in a way for The Notebook that, even though Mean Girls was just really as big of a movie at well, the time. Well, it was like mm-hmm. she went from one iconic role to the next so quickly, and yeah. I think Regina George was skyrocketed by... Um, yeah, the, the notebook. notebook. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 I think you. if you were to do the uh, career-defining role, it would be Regina George for her. I think, right? McAdams at this point. I'm gonna say it's the Notebook, and I also yeah. say that's Ryan Reynolds. Uh, no, excuse me, Ryan Gosling is also the breakout beauty of oh, the Notebook. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> They're both breakout yeah. beauties yeah. in that film. He's in Remember the Titans. Like this movie, I that was when I was like, who is that dude? I fell yeah. in love with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my last one, dude. This is the greatest. Everyone remembers that moment when Cameron Diaz walks in, in from the, the rain in the yeah. mask. Such yep. a mess. Oh, I watched that and I just was, I, like I was telling you guys before the show, I was like old enough but young enough to where I didn't know what was happening, but something was like, I need, I love you. Yeah. That one I distinctly remember. I remember being in a theater and just being like, oh my God, yeah. that's what a movie star looks like. Yeah. I, I was watching with my mom at her boyfriend's house at yeah. the time, and I still, like, how do I, I don't remember the other two times I saw it, you know, yeah. like these other two, I mean, Gal Gadot mm-hmm. was last three days ago, but yeah. I don't remember the first time I watched The Notebook. Yeah. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember the first time I watched Pirates, but, um... <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, so if you have your breakout beauties, feel free to throw them in the chat or get yes. at us at AMA Podcast. We'll take a look at them. Um... Let's get on to how this movie was made. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, yeah, I'll, I'll start in with Stephen Summers, who wrote and directed the film. Summers is one of these guys... We, you and I have talked about these on the show a lot, where if you met this guy at a party and he started telling you about what he'd done in his career, you would be fascinated, and you would go and you'd be like, I talked to this guy who directed right. these movies and wrote all these incredible things, and you've seen all these movies. But then if you sat down having a conversation about like the great directors or the great writers, mm-hmm. his he wouldn't even sniff the conversation. Yeah. But it's just bizarre when you think about that. He's... He has a big career. I mean, yeah. he came out... He, he went to uh, to USC School of Cinematic Arts for three years. He got a master's degree. He raised uh, money after his short film, Perfect Alibi, to make his next film, Catch Me If You Can, which sold for $7 million at Cannes. His next few years were like a hodgepodge of working as a staff writer at Hollywood Pictures. He wrote the screenplay for Gunman and for uh, Tom and Huck. Then he <laughs> directed... The Adventures of Huck Finn and the live-action Jungle Book in 94. I noticed so that he, like, loves that, like, 
Huckleberry Finn and, T- and Tom Sawyer. Yeah, I think it's probably because he got hired to write the one and then directed the other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but Which I like, watched. Yeah, I was reading about it after that film sold for seven million. He was broke a few years later and like searching for work, and that's when he did these projects of writing. And then it's like really in the mid '90s where he's developing the script for Deep Rising. But then even Deep Rising completely flopped. It yeah. made thir- it made eleven million dollars on a forty five million dollar budget. So like. He, this, that's that's the year before the mummy, and he's, this, yeah. But I mean, he must did he already have a contract? He's just he was a guy that was kicking around that knew a lot of people. Clearly, he had worked a lot. He had written stuff. He had directed stuff. Pretty agreeable guy. He was young enough. He was in his thirties at that point, mid thirties. And they were like, "Yeah, take a crack at this mummy thing." And I I think this one's really interesting because we're talking about when this movie was made. And I know we're, the, all of us are going to talk a little bit later in the show about kind of other things in the genre that came after this, mm-hmm. but. You know, they had opened the Indiana Jones ride at at uh, Disneyland like a couple years before this. Mm-hmm. So they were like, take a shot at this. This Brendan Fraser guy, he was George of the Jungle. You know, we're going to make this kind of horror adventure remake of this old 1931 film, but we're going to make it totally updated. Yeah. And The Mummy's just a huge hit. Now, if you look at what he did afterwards, it's not like his career really took off. No. He made The Mummy Returns in 01. And then he did G.I. Joe, Rise of the Cobra, and Van Helsing. And now it's like, he has one movie in production, right? Yeah, and he's he's in his 50s. Like, he'll probably make another big movie. He didn't even direct the third Mummy film. When they did that third one, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Emperor, I never watched that one. It's bad. Rachel Weisz doesn't come back. Who cares? (laughs) I love Maria Bello. I love her. Don't get me wrong. But she is not Nah, you can't just replace Rachel Weisz's movie. Come on. Um, and that's pretty much his career. So he wrote and directed this, but I mean, it's it's sort of like the most remarkable, unremarkable career I can think of. Mm. Made a lot of money, made a lot of movies that a lot of people saw, yet like, if you were to say a Stephen Summers a great director or a writer, I'd be like, he's like above average, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think from the time we grew up, you heard his name a yeah. lot. Yeah, I, you know, I think you did. Because yeah, like, hearing his name, Stephen Summers, I was like, oh, we're covering him on the show this so week. Maybe he's definitely done a movie we've covered before. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, he hasn't, huh? Okay, well, let me go look at what he's done. And I was actually kind of... I was relatively surprised to see that his his resume was as short as it was, his yeah. filmography yeah. was. He's the guy <clears> that, if, <throat> if, if like, Stacey was coming, she's like, yeah, actually, I got a job uh, interning at Stephen Summers Production Company. We'd be like, Stephen Summers? We'd be like, yeah, I did the Mummy movies and G.I. Joe. We'd be like, oh, that's a big deal. Congratulations, yeah. that's yeah. huge. Yeah. That's a nice. really big deal. <laughs> and it would be. Yeah. And it would absolutely be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy how Hollywood's like that. <laughs> yeah, totally. So yeah, that's pretty much he wrote and directed it. So mm-hmm. he's involved in most of the creative on this film. Um, aside from that, you have James Jackson and uh, Sean Daniel as the major producers on this. Now we covered them pretty extensively on the Tombstone episode, right? But they had they, they launched Alphaville Films uh, in like 1992. Um, actually, Tombstone was not even done by Alphaville, which is funny because it's right in the time in the heart of it. But it just, oh, and it was getting made. Yeah, and uh, they they both worked for quite a while. Um, James Jacks passed away. Uh, and in 2014, uh, to, due to a heart, heart attack at 66, and Sean Daniel continues to make films with a different production company now called the Sean Daniel Company. It's an independent company. They He is actually producing the new Mummy film, yep. as nice. well as 2016's Ben-Hur remake, which was a bit that of a love flop. Fest. <laughs> so my question is, is if you start with Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Director, Winner, Ben-Hur, yep. correct? And uh, you step down to the what happened with this Ben-Hur? Yeah. And you start with The Mummy in 1999. Don't get me wrong. I love The Mummy. <laughs> but, like, if you take that big of a step down with Ben-Hur, what's going to happen in The Mummy? 
you know? You just never... Well, it seems like we do know now, but yeah. you'd never know. Because if you look at the stuff that he did in his career in the middle, the it's stuff that bad. really... Made, no, the stuff that made him famous. in there. Huge. I mean, uh, Animal House, Coal Miner's Daughter, Blues Brothers, Breakfast Club, 16 Candles, Fast Times, Brazil, Field oh, of wow. Dreams, Do the Right Thing, Back to the Future, Out of Africa, Best Picture winner, Midnight Night Run, Run Born yeah. on the Fourth of July. Huge movies. The guy's career in the 80s and 90s was massive. But he just, in the last few years, hasn't done a lot. Tomb of the Dragon Emperor was him and the Scorpion King. So we'll see what happens. I mean, Hollywood's tough, man. It's really tough to figure out like what the audience is doing. And it's a wave. There's very few of these producers or guys yeah. in production companies that get to do this. That mm-hmm. Get to have like high, high, huge, low, another huge high. Mm-hmm. It usually is a wave. It's like this, mm-hmm. and then maybe you get lucky and one kind of brings you back up. But it doesn't. You don't just skyrocket. Yeah, and then a lot of them they end after decades. Yeah, look when decades end when when movies change and audiences change, right. they they end. Um, but they hit this one at the right time. So moving on to critical and box office, this movie was produced by Universal. It only cost eighty million dollars to make, which is which is pretty impressive with the CGI and, and the makeup yeah. and how it all holds I up in the sets. Uh, it was released in May of nineteen ninety nine, so it was almost a summer movie, and it, it grossed one hundred and fifty five domestic with an additional two hundred and sixty million worldwide for a grand total of four hundred and fifteen million dollars. When the movie opened, the day of, Summers got a call saying we need another one. Yeah. So here's the question, guys. Um, the, the Indiana Jones ride opened in the mid-90s, and Cutthroat Island had opened in 95, one of the biggest flops of all time in a treasure hunting movie. Oh, yeah. Um, this is 99. Why did this movie make $415 million worldwide? What was it about this movie that the world wanted? Brendan Fraser wasn't... He wasn't, like, somebody that I would have bet my career on at that point. I don't mm-hmm. think it was because of either of them, honestly. Rachel Weisz was a nobody. I mm-hmm. think it was because the movie was... Fucking sweet. Yeah. I'm like, I watched that movie in theaters and I was blown away. I told everyone about it. And this is mm. 99. This is before social media. So this was just like, tell your friends, tell your family, tell yeah. everyone you right. know how good this movie is. Um, but still, I don't really have a, a right answer. I don't really have a real answer other than it was just a money. good movie that made money. Mm. I think this was the seventh highest grossing film or the eighth highest grossing, grossing film of the year that nice. year. Nice. What do you think, nice. Stace? Uh, here's the thing. When did Indiana Jones, when did Raiders of the Lost Ark come out? 79? 79. What's 99, 20 years later? Yeah. Who gets older? Those kids that watched it. So, again, the 90s are coming back That's now. interesting. Every 20 years, you have a trend of, I love everything from my childhood. I want it again because I can afford to invest in it. I can go now. I don't have to take my parents. You know, I can do it. And so... I think honestly, you think that's what it was. You wanted adventure again. You're now an adult. That little kid wants to feel the same way, except you have the resources now. So yeah, and like yeah. what we were talking about earlier when she said her thesis is like all the people that loved Indiana Jones in theaters as kids. Now they're taking their kids and their like little it. brothers to go see it. We brought Marissa Serafini up in the booth. What's going on, Marissa? Hey, Marissa. Hi, Marissa. Hello, guys. Did you watch this movie in theaters? I did not watch it in movie theaters, but when it came out on VHS back in those days, I watched it. So you love, so you love this movie. Do you have any? Do you have any insight to share on why you think this movie made so much money and did so well? I think also the the, the visual effects back then, especially yeah. the technology has improved so much. But even with the the sand mouth and attacking, you know, and like going after the sand mouth is sweet. Oh, it was great. And the the aircraft, you know, that that's something that hasn't been seen before on screen. Yeah, I mean, this was really the innovative. Effects were pretty, you know, high. At that time. Yeah, it was pretty groundbreaking. Would you mind doing me a favor and checking on Raiders? I'm actually, I think it's 79, but I'd be curious to know if I'm off on that. And then, like, even with, I think someone just said it's 81. 
Oh, so maybe 80. Well, again, close. Yeah. Close in that time period. So I think it's, again, it's that trend, it's that cycle that comes back. You know? So that might have been. And also, like you said, it was just a kick ass movie. It was like a good, scary movie. And funny, but like the scarabs were. The scarabs were terrifying. They ate you alive. Yeah, they go underneath your skin, you run into walls. Mm. Horrible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that 81? I'm blind. 81. Okay. Um, um, so, anyway, yes, I, I'm I'm still, I don't quite understand why it was as successful as it was, but again, the 90s was a different time. People wanted something else out of movies. It's not always about the star. I think what mm-hmm. you guys are saying is correct. The visual effects in the trailer did look pretty awesome. The sand mouth was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and that stuff holds up well. In the same way that, like, uh, the effects in T2 hold up really well, the liquid, uh, the T1000 still looks yeah. pretty good. Yeah. It's the same, same kind of thing. So. I mean, I wonder if it's the same thing that we were talking about with, like, John Wick. Like, if John, since John Wick was done right and it came out at the right time, it didn't need to be Keanu. I don't think so. It yeah. could have been any other. It could have been Christian Slater, maybe. You know what I mean? Like it could have been just some sure. old super, like action mm-hmm. superstar, in a great movie that was made the right way at the right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a really good point. So, uh, as we mentioned, when this film came out, what? So let's talk about this genre over the course of the next sort of decade. Okay. Like what this movie did, because I think it's really interesting. We were all kind of going around the table beforehand about. Because of, you know, that Indiana Jones ride open and there was so much pageantry around the sort of treasure hunting genre, this came out in 99, spawned a sequel two years later, but it wasn't the only film. I mean, the next few years were littered. And so we've collectively kind of come up with a top five here to count down mm-hmm. of movies in the sort of treasure hunting action genre from the next decade. Um, before, I think now the genre is a little more tired, but, you know, back then it was like a big, exciting thing. They were like, oh, the mummy... We'll take a chance. Oh my god, it made all this money. Let's make right. a sequel and, and how much more mileage can we get out of this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the same thing that happens like when, you know, disaster movies have their thing and right. then, you know, superhero movies have their thing. This was the time for like action adventure and it spawned, you know, National Treasure, mm-hmm. uh, Tomb Raider, Pirates of the Caribbean, Sahara. Yeah. Know, what are some of the other ones we have on there? Yeah, some of the honorable mentions that didn't make our list in the end. Uh, the animated Road to El Dorado. You oh, have yeah. 10 years later, you have the fourth Indiana Jones, Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls, which I have to think went into production around mm-hmm. the probably was going into production a couple years after the sequel to this film. Um, you, you know, you had a couple pirates, the sequel to this movie. Um, so I say we count down and, uh, and and start with number five. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What, 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 do we, what do we agree on? The Da Vinci Code? Can we all agree yeah. that's a pretty yeah. good movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where I think hindsight is, is a little yeah. off-putting because when that movie came out, it was like the biggest movie in the world. It was mm-hmm. exciting. You the know, bo- the books was, were the book huge. The book had been like yeah. the book. Yeah. Yep. And then it was like, Tom Hanks is in the Dan Brown book about, yeah, so... I know, but isn't it weird to think about the fact that, even, I remember this coming out in 06, even just by 2006, the Tom Hanks brand was not what it had been five years earlier. Because yeah. I remember him coming out in this movie and thinking, I'm kind of excited for this, mm-hmm. but I'm also like, I don't know if I really buy this or care that much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I absolutely. feel like everyone's dad was excited for this, because everyone's dad reads Dan Brown books. Yeah, everyone's Everybody. dad loves Tom Hanks. Yeah, oh my yeah. gosh, they love him. My mom loves him. He's America's dad. Come yeah, on. yeah. Made a lot This of is an interesting list that I just realized. Every single one of these franchises ended up just running themselves into the ground. Yeah, mm-hmm. all of them. Didn't they? Uh, just about, yeah. So what's the next one? Next up, we have Mummy 2, the sequel, 2001. Which The Mummy Returns. Which a lot of people yes. say is better than the first, or they like it more than the first, mm-hmm. uh, but it's one of those where the, the first two are held in very high regard, whereas mm-hmm. the third one is like I, I didn't even watch it you said it was bad yeah it, it wasn't good and it was it just wasn't interesting and Rachel Weisz didn't come back so I was like I don't want to see that yeah no yeah. one wants that no one yeah. wants like one of the most exciting things of the franchise to just be gone all of a sudden so yeah. when did the Scorpion King show up which one he's in he's in the second one or the third one he's in the second one 
he's like the bad guy in the Mummy Returns, and then he gets his own film, right. and he's the good guy now. Yeah, and it's, it's, uh, they're it's, both it's bad. Like, where it's like a prequel I to mean, the Mummy Returns, but he's bad so, in the Scorpion King. Yeah. There's two of them. Isn't, yeah, isn't I think so. Right yeah. Yeah. I think, they, yeah, I think there might even be more. Honestly, there's like five Scorpion so Kings. So many of these movies. Um, yeah, the, again, first two were great. Uh, the Rock is actually pretty cool in the second one, but yeah. it just, again, kind of goes downhill. Uh, number three, we have National Treasure. Nick Cage's really last, his last movie star movie, I yeah. think. Where he was taken very seriously at all. People liked this movie, 2004. Mm-hmm. Those I movies make s- made so much money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The first two. And I think it's, again, the same thing where the first two were actually pretty good. Yeah. And the third one was just garbage. But there's a third National Treasure? Isn't it? The Book of Secrets is the second um, one. Book of Secrets is the second one. I don't think there's been a third is there one. Not? I think is it's there a third one in production? I think no, there's in you, production. Maybe. You would think at this point that they would have pushed out a third movie. I sworn that and that would be, and Nick else. Cage would be like, yes. 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 Thank <laughs> God. This is when I first ta- saw um, Diane Cruz. Kruger, because yeah. I hadn't seen. Because oh, yeah. Inglorious Bastards was after National Holy Treasure, shit. right? That's another one to add. That's to our another list. breakout beauty. Yeah. Yes, she is yes, gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And I was like, who is this woman? And talented. Yes. Um, number two, and we talented. have we have uh, one of Andrew's favorite films of all time, The Count of Monte Cristo. I love that butter. Um, <laughs> no, it, I that movie is. <laughs> Phenomenal. It's really good. And it's so good, and it, it's kind of tough because it's not really based on, like, treasure hunting. It's before Jim Caviezel was Jesus. Yeah, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But it is right. about a right. massive treasure, yeah. and he uses it to find his revenge, and it's action-adventure. I mean, honestly, on the list, that's my favorite movie. What's, is, what's the cast of the movie? Anthony Hopkins, Jim Caviezel, Baby, and Guy Pierce. Wait, Henry Anthony Gavel. Hopkins is in it. Anthony Hopkins is not in this movie? No, it's Richard Harris. Oh, Richard okay. Harris, yeah, Guy Pierce, uh, yeah, Henry Cavill, and, he and Jim Caviezel. What's those around the same time that has Anthony Hopkins? Oh, is that Mask of Zorro? Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Oh, yeah, I'm mixing yeah. that up. Which actually could be on that list, too. Is that a I mean, treasure movie? No. No. But it is about, I mean, that's what the villain is doing. How have you not convinced me to do Mask of Zorro on the show yet? I think we'll do it eventually. I think, <laughs> honestly, I, I've thought about this a lot. I think the biggest thing is I'm worried to go back and watch it and not enjoy it. Right. I remember that movie so fondly yeah. that I don't want to, like, watch it and have that thing with, like, Independence Day. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Where I'm like, God, this movie sucks. I just remember, like, the Z, and she's like, <gasps> yeah. like I remember that. She's that's so all I remember. And she was so gorgeous. Yeah. I, I remember being like, I want to be a beautiful woman like that when My I My mom, still to this day, like I said, she thinks she was Catherine Zeta-Jones in the Mask of Zorro was the most beautiful a woman has ever been in her life. Like, for my mom to see. Mm-hmm. What year... Here's a piece of trivia for you guys. I don't know the answer to this. What year did The Phantom come out? That also... Doesn't that I start... I love that movie. It's starring Billy Zane, Zane right? Yeah. yeah. Is it 98? Is it earlier? I think it's before Titanic? Or no. Oh, shit. I don't know. I don't know. I'd say 90, I don't know. 98 or 99 sounds right. 98 sounds right to me. I'll look it up. But I just, like, for some I reason just thought of that movie. Have you seen that? Have you guys seen that movie? The Phantom? Yeah. He has the ring, right? Yeah. Sweet ring. Uh, I got I the ring. The I got the ring from McDonald's. <laughs> they had it in the Happy Meals. I wore it a lot. 96. 96. Uh, there, there's a part with uh, a microscope that yeah. has blades stick out. Yeah. And blinds people. That, Whoa. I remember, was... It still bothered me. I don't think it's a good film, though. It's not. It's yeah. very bad. I always confuse <laughs> the Phantom with Dark Man for some reason in okay. my mind. I always like oh, interchange Darkman those. With the, yeah. And, yeah, and was, Phantoms. Yeah. Also. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so our number one on our list, I think this one kind of trumps all of them because of its massive, massive success. Yeah. yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse right. of the Black Pearl. Yeah. yeah. 
the first one. And it, funny enough, uh, there were options to put other Pirates films in the same span. You could have put the sequel, but the second one isn't good. Mm. It's not as good. Yeah. yeah. The second one, I think, is kind of I just kind of like Bill Nye. Bill Nye. Yeah. Like, I think that franchise is, it was kind of like this. I think they were like, all right, so uh, we've got this whole adventure thing that worked out with The Mummy, so right. let's go ahead and make this Disneyland ride into a movie, mm-hmm. and we'll get Johnny Depp. And then Johnny Depp's like, okay, I'll take your ridiculous idea, and I'll get an Oscar nom for it, because mm-hmm. I'm that good of an actor. Yeah. yeah they're like, wow, incredible. this was a great idea, it turns out. Let's make four more. Let's just ride this forever. Oh, and it's it like, hasn't ended. And then you yeah. look at it, and you're like, well, actually, it was a terrible idea. You just happened to get a transcendent performance from your leads, so now you think you could make more movies. Which now you've ran that performance into the ground where no one cares anymore about Jack Sparrow. It's just, yeah. it's, it's almost like you feel bad for Johnny Depp. I know. Yeah. His career is defined now by, like, a Disneyland ride. Yeah, yeah I mean, that guy has yeah. some of the, the most, he played Willy Wonka, he played Edward Scissorhands, he will yeah. always just be Jack Sparrow at this point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Marissa, you saw the most recent Pirates, right? Actually, I have not. Oh, you have Oh, you didn't see it. Oh, I thought you did it on, on Anatomy. Yeah. Um, we did. I you just, there. Gotcha. See, I actually want to see it just because of Javier, Yeah, like but I won't pay to go watch it. Yeah, agreed. Um, all right, so moving on <clears throat> to critical receptions. This movie's got a 7.0, which is still strong. Uh, and I think the Rotten Tomato score is kind of what our summarize about. exactly. Yeah, it's 57% from all critics, 44% from top critics, and then 75% from the audience, which yeah. that's a good score. Yeah. I think it's a pretty good score. I think it, I think it means, well, it holds up, and it, it was nominated for Best Sound. Classic in in classic nineties fashion. Yep. The most successful action films always have at least one technical Oscar nomination. Yeah. Every time. They just Which, want to give them something yeah. so they can get a ticket to the ceremony. Yeah. And I'm that. surprised they didn't get one for visual effects. I would I would have I thought they would have got that over sound. The Matrix would probably got it in ninety nine. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys, this is a good one. Moving on to our favorite line. Favorite line. Yeah. Favorite line. All right, so uh, I think I tweeted this earlier from our mm-hmm. account, right? Uh, from the, I, I don't have. Oh written. yeah, you have mine. So let's let Stacy jump in with yeah, hers. Ahead. Well, mine is. You guys have already said it, and I need to lean away from the mic to do it. No, you must not read from the book. Oh, yes. <laughs> Sorry, that was so loud. No, but, it was perfect. And then the mummy comes to life, and it <laughs> goes. Yeah, and the entire movie is then kicked off. It's so, kicked off. Yeah. 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 But I like the so other one too though. when you open the show. Yeah. With a place like this, doing yeah. girl like me. Yeah. 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 Or if she's like I. I'm a librarian. Yeah, and she's so drunk. She's such a cute drunk. Yeah, mean it. Uh, yeah, I mean, my favorite lines were uh, this, the Benny reciting in all the different languages. Yeah, right, right, so right. good. And then Benny I love that he holds the up the last one. He's like, I could use you. Yeah, yeah. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Benny is great uh, in uh, There Will Be Blood. Yes, he plays the, the brother. Oh, does he play the, he's the brother? brother? He's the oh, shit weasel yeah. brother. Yeah, I, I will always remember that. God about that. Um, so my favorite line is uh, is when our boy with the who, yeah on his cheek, who's the our, character name. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> ethnically ambiguous Deuce supporting Bigelow, character, male gigolo, yeah, supporting actor. Yeah. Uh, the line is: "This creature is the bringer of death. He will never eat. He will no. never sleep. He will never stop." Yeah. Anytime anything doesn't eat or sleep until it's done killing you, yeah. is terrifying. Yes. Solid. It's a solid villain qualifier. Yeah. yeah. Works yeah, yeah. really well. And he doesn't have to eat or sleep. That's what's also terrifying. Well, yeah. he eats some people. He's got he to eat people. And he yeah. eats that scarab. That's Comes right. through his yeah. cheek. So yeah. he does have to eat. The scene when he's kissing Rachel Weiss in the bed is pretty creepy, too. Ooh, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And his face starts to decay, and yeah. then she wakes up, and then Brandon Frazier pops in, and he's like, get your ugly face off of her. Let's yeah. just react the whole we movie, should, you guys. Right? <laughs> Let's just remake it. I'm this, Benny. Is this, okay. <laughs> <laughs> is this um, rated PG or PG-13? 13. 13. Because yeah. it's think, scary. 
And do you think that it has something to do with the fact that the woman in the beginning is basically just naked? Oh my god, oh, you see yeah. your boobies! She's basically just body painted? The yeah, hair is she over is. the nips. You don't see the nips because the hair is just right there. Yeah. Anaxuna Moon. Yeah. Anaxuna yeah. Moon. She's my right. dad Four used hours. to. She's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. she's beautiful. My dad used to make fun of me because in the 90s there was still like a big um, figure skating movement going on. Yes. And so there was a figure skater called Oksana Bayul. Yeah. And my dad used to make fun of me and be like, Oksana Bayul. And I was like, that's not even pronounced it, dad. I got so mad at him. But she was your favorite figure Skater, oh, course. for sure, for <laughs> sure. That's who that was? That was Oksana Bayul. No, it no. wasn't. But just like the name the sounds names. like it. Oh, so, gotcha, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. it might as well have been. I haven't seen her in anything else, but she's great. She's so fantastic. Yeah, she's so. good in the second one. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It is just body paint. She's yeah. basically completely nude. Reminds me of one of those Sports Illustrated covers from the '90s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. where they paint on the bikinis. Uh-huh. That's yeah, right. and it was That's somehow right. okay for kids to. Yeah, my brother yeah. had those. I don't know why I remember that. <laughs> they um they have to dub or cover that up on TV. They put like a bikini on her on TV. Yeah, really? Yeah, she's wearing like a CGI bikini. That's what it says. Yeah. Oh wow. I mean, I haven't. I don't remember seeing it. It might have only been like in the nineties or like early two thousands. Definitely surprised when she walks in the scene where I was like, "Wow, I thought this was kind of a kids' movie." Mm -hmm. I don't remember her being just naked at the beginning of it. Um, so, anyway, guys, that's my favorite line. Did we all share our favorite lines here? Yeah. Because yeah. we had the same one. Yeah, we did, and I had another one. Benny. Um, so the next section that we don't do very often anymore, but I think this is funny because it's funny. <laughs> the remake of this movie stars Tom Cruise. Yeah. It's And people say that it's not a remake. <laughs> We've been saying it's not a remake. <sighs> Mummies. <laughs> it's a remake. It's, it's a reimagining. Yeah. I guess it's not a remake of the same story, mm-hmm. but it is because it's just, it's a mummy. Yeah. And it's... And it's a guy that found it, and like, yeah. So it's, I mean, I guess it's a remake of the original mummy. Yeah. Yeah. Again, which I actually love that it's a female mummy. That makes it so much more interesting. And I like Sophia Batello. Is that her name? She's fantastic. Such a badass. Another breakout uh, beauty. Kingsman. Yes, Yes. absolutely. Kingsman. Um, But what if this film had been remade and they? Because it already seems like a horrible idea to remake this movie. Mummies. Yeah. What what if Cage had started it? What if they'd be like, Cage, you're gonna get another shot at a big franchise film. But no actor wants to take this part, so we'll give it to you. He's like, yes, yes, I can do this, <laughs> Benny. <laughs> what are some of the great lines that Connell says in this? Oh God, you know it's, some. Oh gosh, it's always. Uh, I remember some of Benny's lines. It's like, think of my children. You don't have any children. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't that's a, have any children. Have any children. <laughs> Tom, you don't have any children, Benny. Yeah. Don't mm-hmm. have any children. Benny. I, oh, man, I'm nervous now. Cruise? I really am. Yeah, it's sad. It makes me really bummed out. It's just because we only get one cruise movie a year for the most yeah. part. So, And Jack Reacher 2 really sucked. Yeah. Oh, did it? I didn't see it, but I loved the first Jack Reacher. But I will say this, and we tweeted this, and we went to the Facebook page. And guys, if you're not already on there, go join the Facebook fan page for Action Movie Anatomy. Uh, several of the fans of this show started it, and it's actually been like filling up with people in the conversations. Yeah. We had tons of people chiming in on stuff. It's really Ooh. fun. Yeah. Um, you can yeah follow along the conversation there. But I posted the trailer for American Made. Did you watch the trailer for this, Stacey? I didn't, It no. looks awesome. You, it's Doug Liman's next movie starring Tom Cruise Whoa. about Barry Seal, a helicopter pilot in the 80s, smuggling drugs, guns, and whatnot. Whatever for the CIA, DEA, that and Pablo amazing. Escobar at the same time. It's like Whoa. classic cruise in like wrong yes. situations. Yeah. And yeah, it looks like drug movie one hundred and one a little bit, mm-hmm. but like starring Tom Cruise. Yeah, 
as like kind of not like the most honest it's guy. It's like War Dogs with Tom Cruise. Yeah, it looks oh, sweet. Okay. It cool. looks totally awesome. If you haven't watched the trailer, guys, go look it up. American Made. It we'll try to cover great. it on the show. I don't think we'll be able to, but we'll try. Oh, it's wow. got to be action, right? Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. It's yeah. Tom Cruise. We can do whatever it's we Tom want. Cruise. I'll watch it. Make an exception. <laughs> um, so there are three action movie categories, guys. There are totally ridiculous, totally legitimate, and ridiculously legitimate movies. Totally ridiculous movies are like Con Air and Face Off and the Fifth mm-hmm. Element. Nah, the Fifth Element's not really it. Demolition Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We just really laugh and think they're silly and they're entertaining for sure. We love them, but you know they don't really hold together dramatically. Totally legit movies are like Lone Survivor and like T um, Two Gladiator, the Fugitive, uh, mm. and then the middle category, which is a lot of the movies we do on this show, and that's like which we're held together by like one really really compelling performance, The Rock, or yeah, a great some piece of the movie that like it grounds it. But you do laugh unintentionally here and there, like in Predator mm. and Point Break, yeah. And uh, which of the three categories do we think this movie fits into? I want Stacy to go first on this. I think this one's an easy one. It has to be ridiculously okay. legitimate. It's easy. It's totally legit. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved it. No, the thing I why I love this movie so much is that I recognize the camp and the cheese in it. Yeah. But there are other elements of the story and of the movie that ground it, and so it's just a fun time for me. So it is a legitimate film. It's well made. It's fun. It made a huge amount of money. It has great stars in it, and there's some camp and some silly parts in it. And you know he goes up on like a little pulley, like it's a legitimate ride in a theme park. So I was, I have to go with ridiculously legitimate. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I, I was, I was thinking it might be totally ridiculous, but like you're in their world. This is a world where mummies were brought back to life yeah. from reading out of the Book of the Dead, and the Book of Life is over there, and like. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's definitely goofy and Benny, but it's it's pretty self aware of its goofiness. When we yeah. talk about that, and yeah, I think it's it's totally ridiculously legitimate because I don't think a totally ridiculous movie would make me feel nerves, would yeah. make me feel anxiety. You know, I'm right on the edge of it, but I think I'm going to go totally ridiculous yeah. because I think it's because I didn't watch it as a kid, mm-hmm. so I don't have that attachment to it like you it's guys have. It, yeah, yeah. Where watching it, it was like. I could appreciate all of the tropes that are in action movies that I like, and there was a lot of things about it I was excited to talk about on the show, and there was moments that were sweet, but I also, the movies that are in the Totally Ridiculous category, like we mentioned, Face Off and Con Air, those movies are full of things that are totally sweet. So it's not like, it doesn't mean bad, it just means I laugh a lot, and I'm like... This, most of it's pretty this silly. This is a total yeah. movie. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I think this movie was pretty ridiculous. It's on the edge for me because I do think the scares are, are legitimate and I think the scarabs are still pretty awesome. Yeah. But the campiness, I don't think aged as well as it could have. And for me, that's it puts it in the ridiculous category. For sure. I, yeah, I, I definitely agree that if you would have watched it when it came out, I think you would be saying something else right now. Yeah. But Yeah. 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 Cool. Fair enough. Yeah. Alright, guys. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. There's only one last thing to talk about and that's going to be The Pitch. Didn't see that coming, did you, Stacey? No, I did. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Uh, so, guys, we talked about it a little earlier on the show, but we're going to do Wonder Woman next we're week. We're going to do it. We're a week, I know. Be- we're a week behind. I know I know. every single publication in the world has talked about it, but we haven't yet. Yeah, and, and we're going to do it better than everyone else. And it's sweet, so that should be fun for us. Yeah, like, Ben hasn't seen it yet. I watched it. I absolutely loved it, and I want to talk about it before no one cares anymore. So um, we're going to do that next week on the show. We yeah. might even have a guest. We'll see if we can make that happen. Ooh. Yeah, we've got ideas. Yeah. We have schemes. Um <laughs> So, yeah, guys, that's uh, that's the show for the week. If you guys want to follow along in the conversation, I mentioned the Facebook fan page. That one's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, you can follow any one of us on Twitter. Where can they find you, Stacey? At SOHoward2012. And they can also find you on the Six Degrees Podcast. When, how, when does that play again? We do it every Wednesday morning, 10.30 a.m. PST. Do you stream or do you guys pre-tape? Uh, we stream. So okay. we are on, you can like log on to like YouTube Live and you can like 
get along in the chat. So, yeah, it's, it's a fun time. Also, Stacey's debut singles match on the Schmodown yes. played last week. It uh, came out Friday. Came out so Friday. So it's on Collider's YouTube channel. Dominates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I kick ass. I uh, really do. She's got a great character, a great performance. So yeah. watch their show on Wednesdays and then just stay on your computer and watch our show. Our show yeah. on Wednesdays, right? yeah. yeah. Uh, you guys can find me at Andrew Guy on Instagram and Twitter. And you guys can find me at Ben Bateman Media on Twitter and Instagram. You can find the podcast at AMA Podcast on Twitter. Again, more interaction there and the Facebook page, which has been a blast. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you same time, same place next week for Wonder Woman. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.